1: Hey guys, this is Liz Candace.
0: This is
1: Nikki Collin. What up guys? This is hey, this is Emonie. Hey, this is Dr. Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation. Basketball is back. It is so nice to have the WNBA season upon us. We've got several games to talk about today. And I'm not doing this solo, I'm with my good friend Logan Jones. Logan, how good does it feel to have the WNBA season back?
2: Hey, oh, my mic is very
1: loud. I'm going to turn that down a little bit. That's partially why I did it. Um, I was
2: doing a little sound test there, as well as uh, showing my excitement. Yeah, We're hey. I mean, so long. <laughs> That's hey. the excitement. We're, hey. we're we've been talking about these teams in general terms for months. And now we actually get to see him out on the court. I don't know about you, Kyle, but this is the most probably active. Our show has been in the off season in terms of like keeping up with the college game, keeping up with the movement of players on these different teams. So I felt like very prepared and very, like I had a very clear image in my head of like what these teams were going to look like, at least on opening day Um, Mm -hmm. with with the understanding that that was going to be dead wrong. Like I try to always, you know, grain of salt, my, my takes, but it was so refreshing to just turn the like, like Sunday afternoon, go upstairs. You guys are having dinner, games are on. I'm like, yes, this is like we get this the whole summer. It's finally here. <laughs> we get actual concrete details to talk about. The speculation stuff is over. Um, and I'm ready to go.
1: I agree. I am, it, it's nice to have some actual results to start talking about, right? Actually, seeing players on the floor against each other. And who's doing what, that's what I get most excited about. It's just as much fun as the offseason is and as much coverage as we have during the offseason, it's nice to just, we're, we're done speculating, we're just watching results now. And I just love that. So I'm super stoked about it. Um, Logan, we actually had some really interesting performances. I want to talk about some individual performances we, before we start talking about teams. Um, right out the gate, there were some really Interesting performances, I guess. We'll say interesting because some performances were really solid, some performances that maybe left people with um, something to be desired. But, Logan, what's an individual performance from this initial weekend that uh, whether it was in one game or across two games that caught your eye in particular?
2: Man, there were so many. Um, there were a lot of good headlines from this weekend. You could go to New York and talk about Sabrina, which we will probably in a minute. Um, you could talk about some of the rookies because the young guns have it going on early this season, and that's a whole episode all on its own. I can't believe how little rookie talk we got to do last season. I'm really excited (laughs) for the rookies this year. But let's go ahead and go over to Las Vegas and talk about Jackie Young, age 24, stepping into the role of like a star scoring guard for a team that looks prepped for a championship run. I mean, that's both an individual take and a team take. But I want to start with Jackie Young, um, averaging close to twenty points over the first two games, helping out. I mean, obviously the front court of Asia Wilson and De'Arica Hamby and like Teresa Plaisance even having some good minutes early in the season. Like that's those are the bigs in Vegas now. Really, the only bigs um, with Liz Cambage gone to L.A. and it hasn't really sunk this team. If anything, it allows the team to play faster, and it looks like. As the youngest guard in, in this, uh, in this locker room, looks like she's going to step up and kind of be the, like the ball handler, scorer, player that this team really needs. And you add that to Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Plum, Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray, who are like guards that any team in the league would clamor for to have in their starting lineup. This is such a stacked roster all of a sudden. Like I, I don't know why I didn't notice it before, but for some reason Young's, Kind of appearance on the scene as in these first two games makes me feel like this roster is going to be probably the toughest to beat in the league. I would,
1: uh, I would agree with you there. I think Jackie Young right out the gate definitely got a lot of attention. I think she and Kelsey Plump honestly kind of feel like they might have a similar vibe for a lot of people, uh, watching them as they came into the league, both number one picks coming into the league, both seem to struggle a little bit in their first few seasons, maybe not necessarily delivering in the way that they're that fans wanted them to. But yet right now they look about as strong of backcourt as there is in this entire league right now. Um, And I understand we're reacting after two games, but two games that they've looked very good. She's shot like 70% from the field in those two games. Um, very efficient, great plus minus. Um, you know, holding to minimal turnovers. Um, you know, really, really solid play from Jackie Young that, uh, that yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked on. And Kelsey Plum right there as well. I think that. Um a lot of people obviously you'll talk about the strength of the Las Vegas front court with Asia Wilson and Dier Hamby, but that back court is strong Jackie Young Kelsey Plum like playing you know wing to Chelsea Gray at the point guard spot and uh, I think there's just a lot to be a lot to be excited about when it comes to Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum and that back court in Las Vegas and how they're starting to form um with Becky Hammond, uh, you know, a, an absolute legend of the backcourt herself, finally, uh, having the reins with the young and talented backcourt, uh, squad that there is there that there is in Las Vegas. Um, another performance I want to talk about comes, uh, from the Chicago sky. And that is, we've talked about how loaded this Chicago sky roster is, right? Uh, We've got Courtney Vandersloot, Candace Parker, Emma Mieseman, right? We've got all these, all these big names. And yet Dana Evans is the one who emerged just turning everybody's head. Uh, I understand. I know they lost to Los Angeles, but Dana Evans dropping 24 in a season opener, um, (laughs) after dropping as far as she did in the draft. Yeah. And, you know, kind of playing more of just a, didn't, didn't get a ton of minutes last year. Played, played some, but nothing crazy. Dropped way down in the draft and now all of a sudden finds herself starting in the season opener and comes out and leads her team in points. In fact, led all scorers in this game with 24 points. So I thought she had a fantastic outing there in Chicago.
2: Yeah. Um, Evans was freaking awesome. Uh, I know Chicago obviously disappointed they lose the home opener to LA, who they would very much like to beat, but. I don't want to hear anybody come at any host on this show saying that Evans was slept on at least around here, because when we (laughs) were doing our draft show last year, she was the player that about the fourth pick, we were like, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man, like some, some, a good team's going to get her. Minnesota's going to get her, you know, Seattle's going to get her and no one would take her. She didn't, she uh, she didn't go in the first round and she was kind of the name that uh, we were all kind of stunned, didn't land somewhere. And while I don't expect her to go for 24 points and, uh, four steals and just two turnovers in 35 minutes every night. I do expect her to be a player in the league for a long time. And boy, if you're Chicago, uh, you just lucked into some young, uh, relatively cheap roster talent to build your future around once this current championship team kind of runs its course. So good news for the sky fans, both past present and future uh, in terms of the, the talent they're acquiring there. I'm really annoyed at that actually, but I do like the sky. It's so good for them. <laughs>
1: Um any any rookies that have grabbed your attention over these first yes. few games Logan?
2: Yes, we should talk about Ryan Howard. I know we were down on the Atlanta Dream.
1: Uh, when we did their team preview, <laughs> we were, <laughs> that was the hardest one to do. I felt really sad the whole time for some reason. Yeah. I just was like, eh, I'm not, I'm not excited well, about this I, team. I still
2: don't necessarily think it's going to translate to a lot of wins. I think this team is going to struggle in a lot of areas, but it was pretty cool. Again, in light of last season, when like no rookies got playing time whatsoever to see Ryan Howard go out and get 36 minutes, lead her team in scoring 16 points for assists, four blocks, I'm not sure who got her in our fantasy league, but you're definitely enjoying her so far.
1: Yeah. That's Um, eight points in fantasy
2: on just blocks alone. Yeah. yeah, That's a, that's a big pickup for them. And this is a draft where we were all kind of wondering, like, is there a clear number one, like Melissa Smith, Ryan Howard are going to go one and two, but like, you know, the Charlie Collier pick to Dallas, two years ago doesn't feel like it's made a big impact on that franchise yet. It's nice to see a rookie go somewhere like Atlanta and immediately have an impact, even if it didn't deliver a win right away.
1: Right. I agree. Another, uh, another rookie that's turning heads, obviously Shakira Austin's yes. performance with Washington just uh, Sunday night was, was pretty interesting. She comes in finally uh, kind of gets that starting role, you know, with Deladon Don sitting out. So she, Immediately is plugged in and ends up with a double-double. 13 points, 10 rebounds. Really strong outing there. Um, Went six for eight from the field. Really, really solid and had the best plus minus of anybody on the Mystics. Um, And this was coming against the Minnesota Lynx team. that, starting opposite Shakira Austin is the absolute legend herself, Sylvia Fowles. So if you are going up in your first official start against... A future hall of famer and one of the top, I would say probably top three or four bigs to ever play in the WNBA. And you're going to drop a double, double and lead your team to victory. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good day one start uh, for Shakira yeah. Austin. In fact, let's stick with Washington
2: as a team for, for just a moment, if we could, um, yeah. because the Natasha cloud, I'm a shooter clip was one of my favorites <laughs> of the weekend. Yes. Um, she, obviously averaging 18 points a game so far is a big part of what they want to do there. Um, and then you have the return of the most consistent star in the league in terms of when she's on the court. I, I know she sat a game, but Elena Deladon did make an appearance at a home opener. Um, and just like we said in the, the team preview, if she plays 30 minutes, which she did, she's going to get 20 points, which she did 21. She got her nine rebounds. She didn't commit a turnover. She is eternal. Like if she is on the court, you know what you're going to get and it's going to be great. And I hope that we see a lot more of her this season. So between <laughs> Deladon kind of looking like Deladon of old, even though we haven't really seen that player in like four years. Um, and between Natasha Cloud going out and, and kind of having a, a bone to pick with people in the league who doesn't think that she's an elite scorer and a really fun rookie at forward. I don't know. Maybe the, the mystics have some stuff. I, it's too small to say uh, we need to like blanket this whole episode under like caveat. <laughs> yeah. we're but looking at so like single
1: games but, in most but situations one in two yeah. games
2: is still more than zero games, which is what we were going off of before. So <laughs> based on what we know, it looks like the mystics aren't just going to roll over and die this season and, you know, not try to make the playoffs. Like they, you've got players there that want to accomplish some things. And that makes me happy.
1: Absolutely. Um, Nolissa Smith came out and had a really, really solid, uh, opener as well. If we're going to stick on rookies, uh, she had 13 points, 13 rebounds. So, uh, an immediate double-double for her, uh, for the Indiana Fever there. I think that there's a lot to be said about Indiana and especially them picking up Crystal Dangerfield after Dangerfield was waived by the, um, waived by the Minnesota Lynx. And so, I'm excited to see what Nelissa Smith can do. And I think that this Indiana Fever, um, you know, just in general is feeling very like energized. They're, they're going to lose a lot of games. And I think, you know, they've they've already started out the season, uh, you know, they've already started out the season 0 and 2. So nobody's, nobody's out. They, they did, they did start. But it, with two. it doesn't feel as bad but, and hopeless no, because, as it felt
2: you, in years past. Yeah. Look at the starting five and you're like, I like Kelsey Mitch. Again, we, we've played this comparison game a lot where they're not going to have an advantage at a lot of these positions when they go against some of the teams right. in the league this year. But in terms of your future prospects, Kelsey Mitchell and Destiny Henderson, great backcourt. Destiny Henderson, another rookie that we could talk about having a nice debut. Um, maybe not putting up the, like as, as, I know she had like 19 one night and then not quite as, she didn't have quite the scoring night the other game, but she's been playing like half the minutes so far. Like she's in the lineup. Um, which for, for a player that Indiana had several chances to draft and passed on only to grab her later on in the draft, I'm glad to see that she's in the lineup and that she's like in the rotation. She's getting playing time. Mm. Um, we, like on the show when we were doing our live stream, I remember particularly Steve was like, Destiny Henderson and they, they picked someone else and Destiny Henderson and they picked someone else. Like this is now a team that, yeah, their, their bench, like the, the end of their bench is Victoria Vivians, Crystal Dangerfield, former rookie of the year. And Lexi Holt who I think is going to be really good if they have patience and let her come along and probably treat her a little bit more like a rookie that needs a year of development. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, could Egbo. I'm not going to talk too much about my fantasy team, but Queen Agbo is kind of killing it for fantasy so far. So big big fan of her in the middle. I, yeah, I, I haven't changed my, my thoughts on this team losing a ton of games and probably having a number one or two pick in next year's draft, which is great for them. Actually Uh, fantastic for them. Yeah. Considering who might be available. Yeah. What a joy to watch. Like Destiny Henderson is probably going to move some merch this season. Like, yeah. I I would maybe get a Henderson jersey if I had any indication that Indiana won't cut her in the off season or <laughs> something crazy, but yeah, I I wanted to give the Fever a shout out even though they started 0-2. Um they are fun to watch. Emily Inksler got in the game, did her thing. Like that's anybody who paid attention to this last Final 4 or really just this last college season in general is going to really like this fever season for, for years to come. If it stays
1: together as presently constituted. Right. Big Absolutely. Up. Um, let's hit a couple of these teams, Logan. I know we've talked about some individual performances. Let's go through and just talk about, um, what teams have caught your eye in a positive way or negative way. <laughs> um, can we talk, actually let's go ahead and just, just throw this out there. Let's talk negatives first. Oh. I, want want, I want to get some negatives out of the way I don't want yeah, yeah you're right you're right I don't want to end the episode on negatives I want to let's get some negatives out because we've talked positive performances from players let's get some negative yeah, team just performances skip over
2: it real we'll quick. finish high yeah real it's, quick. It's, yeah uh, Minnesota Lynx. what's going on Oof. what's going Oof. on Minnesota? Um did not look composed did not look put together did not look interested in playing winning basketball which is not actually a new problem for this Lynx team. If if you have a crystal clear memory of last season, they kind of looked like this at the beginning of last year and through stretches throughout the season where they just fall asleep on defense. They didn't look like they were particularly driven. Um, I think we really underestimated how badly the roster crunch of the offseason affected this team. Mm. Um, to, to make the hard cuts that they had to make, uh to make the the money work for them. I, usually the Lynx are just such a exemplary organization in terms of how they treat their players and how they go about their business. And this season they fell prey to something that a lot of teams are falling prey to, which is they had to, just had to make room for basically 11 players and it just it wasn't going to work. They did, they had you know 17 good players they wanted to pay and they couldn't fit them all in. And I think we I, maybe they mis uh like underestimated how that was going to alter the chemistry on the court, their ability to be coached, their desire to go out and like have a, a championship ready type season. Right now they look miserable. I mean, they they look so bad. I know you and Steve have some thoughts on like <laughs> Conspiracy some intentionality <laughs> behind it because they they don't look interested in playing defense at all. They they look
1: Horrible. They look as, they look <laughs> bad like they looked at the start of last season. So I guess I guess I need to keep some of that context in mind is that they ended up finishing the season in third place last year and a legit contender for the title. That being said, they finished they started the season 0 and 5 last year before they brought Clarendon in. And then what do they do? Literally like it felt like it was I, I don't know the exact timing, but it felt like hours before the season started that all of a sudden Clarendon and Dangerfield were cut from the Minnesota Lynx. And I just look at that and go, aren't those like starting level players? Like this is, this is Clarendon who came in and, and as soon as, as they joined your squad, you immediately turned your whole season around. Like, I, I don't understand why, why Clarendon wasn't, you know, still on, on your roster as you're making cuts. There's several other players that I would have cut. Um, And Dangerfield, a rookie of the year from two seasons ago, all of a sudden just cut from your team. You're not paying her big money. How, how, how does she get cut? And I just don't see those two players getting cut in favor of, Paying through, paying a lot of money for Odyssey Sims and and signing Odyssey Sims kind of late onto the squad. I just, I I was really flabbergasted by those decisions, and then watching Minnesota play against two teams who I think they had a real good shot to to beat. Seattle's very good, don't get me wrong, and I understand that Washington right now is sitting at two and zero, but like. The two teams that that Washington have played were Indiana and then Minnesota. Like this is, like I, I don't know if, if you know like Washington's two and zero and been Minnesota's zero and two. But I man, I would have picked Minnesota in probably nine out of ten games in that matchup, and well, they didn't even look interested in playing basketball against Washington.
2: And they they could easily. Turn things around Tuesday. They play at Indiana Tuesday, and this could be one of those deals where Coach Reeve gets in there and is like, "You're embarrassing me. We're scoring 70 points a game. Step it up." Um, or Indiana might be licking their chops, looking for their first victory in that game. Minnesota's <laughs> playing bad right now, and then they've got a like a about as long as a break as you have at the WNBA, and then they play Chicago at home on Saturday, and they're gonna they're gonna lose that game. We'll talk about Chicago later, but. Um, I realize like, Minnesota fans right now are probably comforting themselves, saying McBride is overseas, Demiris Dantes is out, and Collier is out. I understand that. Um, lots of players are out, right? Like there's a bunch of players that are overseas, sure. um, especially considering one of these losses was a 78 to 66 loss against Washington, who basically has been playing with like half a roster for two
1: seasons. I was going to say You're not you didn't lose to the you didn't lose to the the world beater Washington Mystics. Alicia Clark, Elena Deldon, Antiana Hawkins all weren't even on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And so you lost. And you and you had to have you outscored Washington by eleven in the fourth quarter to end up losing by twelve. Like this was not even a game. It was yeah. it was an abomination.
2: We, we have a season now that's
1: thirty plus games, so you have a little more wiggle room
2: than they used to have, but. It's there's not a lot of room like if you fall five games behind the you know, playoff contention, it there's not a lot of time to make that up against other yeah. teams trying for the same thing. So you just gotta remember, like, even though it's super early and we've seen plenty of teams come out, Connecticut Sun two years ago came out and they lost like six games at the beginning of the season, and they made the playoffs and played really well, but they had to scrap at the end of the season to even make the playoffs, and that was a good team. And I just I think about that all the time in this league. Like if you get off to a bad start, your margin for error the rest of the season is pretty slim. Mm-hmm. So Minnesota, you got to be careful, unless this is part of your plan all along. <laughs> if, uh, I don't know if Kyle wants to expand on that or not, but if, if this is all just a big like gap year to go like, Hey, Sylvia Fowles is retiring and then next year will be bad. And then we're going to bring Paige Beckers in who's a Minnesota player. And we're going to make millions of dollars off of gate revenue for the next decade. Fine, fine. But that's I don't I don't think that's actually the plan. Although it, the, the more we thought about it the other night, the more it was like yeah I could see it.
1: Um. the The, the <laughs> tinfoil hats came on really quick once we saw the end. Basically, throughout the entire second quarter of the Washington uh, Minnesota game on Sunday, we just we kind of all started messing each other. Like, are they tanking? Like, are <laughs> Like, like, are they, they we had them as a contender, and then between their roster cuts and these first two games, are they leg, are they legitimately tanking because of players like Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark, uh, you know, Paige Beckers? Like, are, is is that a legitimate thing? Like. We did see New York end up going from like a three seed to all of a sudden just absolutely terrible, and they did end up snagging Sabrina Ionescu, you know. So not to say that it's going to be that situation, but I'm just right now, my tinfoil hat's pretty securely <laughs> fixed until Minnesota proves otherwise.
2: Now, we'll, let's go ahead and let Minnesota stew and think about what they did for the next little bit. Um, <laughs> there's there's another kind of negative I want to talk about, and then we'll get off of this, and we'll get into teams that are really fun. Yes. Um, let's talk about the Dallas Wings not eclipsing 60 points uh, <sighs> in their, in their loan game so far this season. That team, uh, I gave them a lot of credit in the offseason, saying like it looks like they've got a plan. They've got tons of youth. I think this is the year where they need to either take a step forward or they need to really evaluate... How they want to use those assets in the future. They need to decide who they're going to sign, who they're going to trade. Uh I'll I'll give you my my kind of spiciest take right off the bat. I think the I know they've paid Arike Gumbawale franchise star money. I think she's a CJ McCollum. I think she's great in a facilitator B option role. I think there are nights where she can go out and absolutely win you a playoff game. But over a thirty game season, I don't think you want her to be your A one. I don't think that's who she is. I think Marina Mabry could be that, but like this is—I I know we shy away from like the the male equivalent, um, right? Like like drawing those equivalencies. And but like as a Blazer watcher of my entire life and watching CJ McCollum in a Portland jersey for ten years, I'm telling you, like that's that's who she is. She just has some nights where she goes out and she does not have it, and you can't have her out there. As your like main ball handler, scorer, shot creator, shooting twenty percent—that's like you're just killing your opportunities every time down the floor. Um, yeah, when that's that's your go-to offense.
1: The the only thing I could, because I'm trying to, I, I agree on a lot of fronts that I feel like Arike, Arike has. Uh, she's very. I wouldn't say she's not consistent. She's a high volume, right? And she's been kind of a high volume type player, not necessarily efficiency. Uh, you know, she's not strong efficiency-wise. But if you look across this entire roster, if you take Marina Mabry out of the equation, everybody shot Oof. terribly for Dallas. Enrique yeah. went 3 for 14, Kayla Thornton 1 for 7, Isabel Harrison 1 for 8. Ty Harris one for 3. And if you take Mabry off of the bench uh out or out of the consideration for the bench, the rest of the bench went 0 for 10. So like nobody shot well. They only yeah, again, outside of Mabry, there was one 3-pointer made out of uh 12 attempts. Like this was a terribly terrible shooting performance from everybody on the Dallas Wings. And so We've, we we kind of had this this thought all of last season that Mabry should be getting thirty plus minutes a game and likely starting. Um, and I don't understand why she's not. I, I don't get why Mabry isn't getting more more attention there because I think she's earned it um, all of last season and she's still coming off the bench and only getting twenty three minutes. I mean, I I think she should be getting more minutes. That's just me personally. And I understand this is one sample size that we're looking at for this season, but I'm also pulling all of last season into this as well. And I was hoping we'd see something different from Dallas. But they came out and made the Atlanta Dream look like you know a playoff basketball team. And I'm not convinced that the Atlanta Dream are a playoff basketball team, but Dallas sure made them look that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's only one game to go off of. I'm sure Rike's going to have tons of nights where she gets her 20 and 25. I mean, she's led the league in scoring before, but I'm just, I'm more convinced than ever that things are not going to change in Dallas until they change their attitude towards kind of her being the cornerstone that their team is built on. Um, mm-hmm. she's never had a season where she was a really great shooter. She, she shot above 40% field goal in 2020 in the bubble season. Every, every other season's been 38%-ish. Um, she's never gonna turn into a three-point shooter. Last season was her best season from Beyond the Arc. It wasn't good. Um, I just, I, she's never gonna be an efficient scorer, but I, I think if she was on a team that had a true ball handler scorer and that she could be, she could just be that number two. Like it's, it's such a hard, like it, it's such a hard thing to, Say without making it sound like I'm coming down really hard on her. There are great receivers in the NFL who are great because they're the slot receiver. They're the, they're the two. Right. They get you seven yards, but they do it consistently. And like if she could go out and get you 15 points every night instead of 25 some nights and seven. I think you'd get a lot more out of her. But right now, they're just putting a lot on her shoulders. They're bringing Mabry off the bench, probably because they have no other scoring off the bench. They have to have somebody there who can handle the ball. And it's it's not working out the way they wanted it to so far. This season has a lot of opportunity for growth for this team. I don't think this team is wanting to necessarily be a contender in the playoffs. But they want to make the playoffs and they want to show which players deserve to stick around. And so far, nobody's really making a case outside of Mabry.
1: Right. I think I, I would agree with you. I'm picturing uh, a Goomba Wale on a squad that has a front court threat. You know, uh, somebody like a Bree Stewart, Asia Wilson, Sylvia Fowles. Like, you know, not even not even necessarily like a like a a, a major threat. Like you don't have to be, you know, you know, it doesn't have to be like a Liz Cambage type. Right. But like but just somebody decent in your front court. I think would be able to bring a ton of pressure off of, uh, you know, off of where she doesn't feel like she has to do everything.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's, this is kind of a chicken or egg argument, but because they don't have a big inside threat in the front court, their, their three point shooting is going to be terrible because they don't have three point shooters anyway, but especially when you're not pulling in defenders. I mean, there's a reason that, that, I mean, maybe maybe shot. Well, she's having a good start to her season. She did. Okay. Everybody else, like they're not even trying shots from outside because that's not their game, and they're not open. They're mm-hmm. contested every time because there's just no employment defense in it's.
1: Uh, they might be in for a tough year. Okay, so we've talked Dallas, we've talked Minnesota as a couple of disappointing um, elements to start the season. Logan, tell me who has caught your eye and in a positive. Way, what team is turning your head uh, early on after just one or two games? All right, I'll set aside my surf green
2: bias for one more segment because I know the Sparks <laughs> fans are in there and they want yes. to talk. And the Sparks fans—they they deserve the Sparks are two and zero and they're having tons of fun. Let's talk about the Sparks.
1: Yes, I'm so stoked to talk about the Sparks. The Sparks have come out and looked very good out of just a couple, just a couple games here uh, that we have to to take a look at, but. I mean, you come out and you beat the reigning champions on their home court. You know, like that's that's a solid start to the season. And then you follow that up with, um, you know, again, it's the Indiana fever, but it was still a double digit win on the road against uh, a team that while, you know, aren't aren't going to probably be in playoff contention, at least have some energy and, and have some, some uh, positive vibes. And so LA right now kind of took care of the top and bottom of the league with both games on the road. And uh, yeah, and they did so in very dramatic fashion in that Chicago game. Yes. Yeah. First game went to overtime. Very fun. Um, I can't get over how
2: our, our prognosis for this team coming into the season was It all depends on how quickly they mesh and look at the players making an impact for LA already. Like all of their acquisitions, Liz Cambage stepping right into like a leading role in LA. looks like Kennedy Carter is going to be just fine there. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that this, it looked on paper, like they had a good off season, but we've seen teams like LA do that before and then just kind of have it never come together. And it, it wouldn't have surprised me if this turned into one of those situations. Instead, it's like, like, let's go. Like, this is like Jordan Canada's there and she's a player that's always just been kind of underrated in the league. And I think she started off the season well. Like, I, again, this is, these are just like a couple data points, but I'm really excited for what LA has in store. I think they're probably headed to the playoffs this year based on what we've seen so far. And mm-hmm.
1: I mean, this, they have every reason to feel like they can be a threat. Well, when you're playing against the, the defending champs, you've got five players in double-digit scoring. Four of those five you acquired in the offseason. Yeah. You got Cam, Cam Beige, Canada, Lexi Brown, and Kennedy Carter. Those are your four players that you acquired in the offseason that come in and uh, just right out the gate, double-digit production. Like, that's impressive. Um, I think that's that's really solid with Jordan Canada, who kind of lived in the shadow of Sue Bird up in Seattle for the last couple seasons and not necessarily a bad thing for her career, because I think she was able to learn a lot from from, you know, obviously an absolute legend of the game. But here's Canada shows up game one for her new squad and leads them in points over. The defending champion Chicago Sky. That's not a bad start in a new location. Um, for someone who, uh, you you know, for someone who played in UCLA, I think she's going to have a lot of people in LA rallying behind, uh, behind her efforts there for the Sparks. Uh, so I'm really excited about what I'm seeing out of, uh, out of Los Angeles. And then, you know, you get into their, their next game against, um, you head into their next game against Indiana, and again you have one, two, three, four, five players in double-digit scoring, and three of those five again off-season, uh, you know, off-season acquisitions. With Liz Cambage leading the charge this time with twenty-two points um, and eleven boards. So, yeah, it's an exciting team, and. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the fact that that we were kind of like the talent is there for LA, but the talent's kind of been there for LA for probably five years outside of 2021. They've had tons of talent on their roster and haven't been able to put it together so far looking strong. From yeah. the Sparks, I'm excited. And a, name,
2: a name that I know you didn't mention because she's not a new acquisition, but Neko Gumuke holding down the fort in L.A. I think is a big reason yes. that's all coming together. She's had a, a really good first two games of the season as well. She's not putting up MVP numbers, so you won't necessarily hear from her, but she shot seven to ten in that overtime game against Chicago, and she went for thirteen points, eight rebounds against the, the Fever. She's as I mean, if you wanted someone personality and locker room leadership wise to lead your franchise, it's Neca. Um, it's gotta every, be everything yep. she does on the court is almost secondary to the fact that she can pull a group like this together quickly and get production out of them. So I'm really excited for that. Also, Brittany Sykes is pretty dope. I'm excited. I, that love, she's Br- playing I love slim. <laughs> I
1: love slim. She's great. The, uh, and we, yeah, we did mention that in our season preview, we said, you know, it's a question of if this team comes together, but you know, how big of a role does, you know, the WNBPA um, president, Being a part of that squad, you know, can NECA be that one to step up and be like, listen, I'm going to lead out and bring this team together so far. Looks like whether it's NECA or not, what it's it's working, whatever they're doing in Las Vegas or excuse me, in Los Angeles, it's working. That was a Freudian slip because the other team I (laughs) want to bring up right now is the Las Vegas Aces because, goodness gracious, they (laughs) are good and they are fast.
2: So good. And I know that's what everyone's going to say about them. Like they're just, they're fast. And if you're, if you're not sure what that means, just watch them. I mean, just watch any one play from that Seattle game. Um, because you could look up at any time. I was on my phone for half the game. I was dealing with other stuff and I kept looking up and just seeing Kelsey Plum in transition in foot races against Sue Bird, like just consistently. Yep. <laughs> and it, it was exhausting to watch, but in like a good way, it, it was. What basketball is supposed to be, which is fluid and like up and down. And it it sort of loses some of that, I think sometimes and and becomes a kind of a chess match, especially down the stretching games where teams are fouling and there's timeouts every other possession and there's reviews. That Seattle Vegas game, I I know there's probably some complaints about the officiating, but I liked that they just let them play and Mm -hmm. the. The times in that game where both teams were going up and down the court trying to get a shot off of the other, we we saw one play that you pointed out in particular. I thought was great, which involved like there was a block, a steal, a steal back the other way, like just there was a jump ball that Kelsey Plum took like three quarters of the way down the court and scored and got a foul. Like it, it I, I tweeted this out. I think Kelsey Plum might lead the league in transition points this year. Um, and I, I don't even know how to measure that. I don't. I don't know where to find that stat. But like I'm, I'm so excited. We talked about the individual efforts earlier, but as a team, I mean, Vegas looks ready to surround Becky Hammond and buy into what she's bringing there and play hard every game. And if if they are healthy going into the playoffs, no one's going to want to play a series against them.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Um, yeah. Las Vegas looking and we, we've mentioned them twice now, but yeah, uh, I, I think that, the Achilles heel for Las Vegas might be their depth. I think their starting five are about as strong as starting five as you're going to find in the league right now, um, with the exception of maybe Chicago, maybe Phoenix uh, at full strength. Both of those squads would look very, very good. Um, Las Vegas has a great starting five. Their depth is questionable, right? You got PlaySants. Kirsten Bell, a rookie. Sydney Colson, who's, who's solid, but, you know, just, just a bench player. Uh, you got Shepard, Raquana Williams. You've got, that's, that's kind of who they've got on their, on their bench right now, you know, and so I think that if you, you know, if you have any significant amount of time that's missed by Mm -hmm. one or two of their starters, I think this Las Vegas Aces team, loses a lot of ground when they go into Mm -hmm. the depth of their bench right now. That very well could change as they mold together, as uh, you know, as things kind of come together. I mean, they only got nine players that were seeing minutes against Seattle. So they're moving the ball quick. They are getting up and down the court. Their starters are producing and they're doing so at an insanely quick pace. I hope that that can continue for them throughout the remainder of the season. Um, Logan, before we go any further, talk to me about New York mid-bitty, getting a mid-bitty, big mid-bitty victory the yes. over the Connecticut Sun. Uh, yes. We watched this game together. And so I want to, I want to get your, your thoughts on this,
2: dude. Ah, uh, Sabrina getting clutch buckets, uh, eking out a two point win over last year's number one seed, Connecticut Sun. Sandy Brondello in her first game is a New York Liberty coach against Kurt Miller in his millionth game as a Connecticut Sun coach. Just two really <laughs> good coaches late in the game, trying to get the edge on one another. It was so fun. This, I, I know Vegas Seattle was really fun and, and energetic and cool, but this was my personal favorite game of the opening weekend. Um Just, it was just great. I love, I, I I'm with you. I think people kind of are harder on Sabrina than they would be on other players just because the expectations were so high. And then she got the ankle injury in rookie season. It just didn't feel like she ever stormed back into like the spotlight where she used to be. But man, I mean, she had eight straight points in this game down the stretch that it just every way you could get them. She hit big threes. She got buckets under the rim to go. Like it's just so fun to watch a player who can score in every way she needs to in order to get wins. And we in kind of her, what, we've gotten a, like a season plus a couple games of Sabrina over the last mm-hmm. two years or so. I mean, she's already got a couple highlight reel clutch buckets to her, to her name. And she's going to be doing it for a long time. So if you're a Liberty fan or you're just getting into the WNBA and you might be a Liberty fan, or if you feel weird about rooting for a New York team, but you think you might want to be a Sabrina fan, uh, jump on board because uh, they've got an opportunity for a really strong start to the season. They, they are similar to Vegas, in my mind, as a team that while they don't have last year's leading scorer, bit Nigel Laney, they do have a depth concern. They only played eight players in that Connecticut game, and they will play three games this week. So we're going to see that put to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a really good... I usually am not big on power rankings, but there was a really good um, Michelle Voipel power rankings on ESPN this last week that talked about that, and I, I think that's a very good point. But they play at Chicago Wednesday, and then they're home against Indiana Friday and home against Dallas Sunday. So some really good opportunities to both prove they have what it takes to take on some of the best the league has to offer and some opportunities to take on some of the younger teams. To get some nice wins. They can can sort of flex on because they're a little bit more constituted right now than those other teams. So uh, I'm going to look at Sabrina as a, a legitimate most improved candidate this year. Um, at least until Bet Nija comes back and then we'll see what her role is because I think Nija's going to continue to to be kind of the star scorer on that team as she's deservedly earned that role. But, um, man, it's good to be a Surf Green fan right now. Um, you're really looking <laughs> at a, an opportunity to start the season 4-0. Um, they can move up the, the power rankings and kind of our, our good graces to start the season. Kind of like somebody predict. I think I predicted. Did I predict?
0: I'm going to have to go back
2: and check. I want to say that I, I called them being high in the playoffs this year, but I don't actually
1: remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and it's like you said, you know, they were missing D.D. Richards and Laney. Like those players, you know, getting back you know, onto the squad are that that's going to add significant, you know, Laney being uh, a prolific scorer and D.D. Richards being an absolute lockdown defender, you're adding those two elements, you know, onto the roster at some point. And right now they look very good. Um, before we go ahead and wrap up, Logan, I just want to mention um, a couple teams that we really didn't talk about. But I want to explain why. All right. Here's why we didn't mention these teams in particular. OK, Seattle, Connecticut, Chicago, Phoenix. All of them have one loss with Seattle splitting and getting one and they're, they're all Oh, and one except for Seattle's one and one. I don't think that we need, you know, none of them had losses that were just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. The sky's falling. Does that make sense? Like yeah. if, if you go, you know, down the tongue least, in cheek, being, you go you, know,
2: you go Seattle storm. Are you worried? No. Connecticut sun. Are you worried? They lost by two to New York Liberty. They played one game. No, no I'm not worried. They don't have to want to with them yet. They're going to be fine. Chicago yeah. sky. Are you worried? Are you kidding? Like no, you did you see how they started last season? They'll be fine. Phoenix
1: Mercury, maybe. Uh, I I, even even at Phoenix, I'm not that I'm not that concerned.
2: They they kind of flirted with getting blown out, um, which is the only and and it's because Vegas is just so fast.
1: Yeah, Um, Vegas Vegas came out and really really handled things. Tarasi shot terribly, but she ended up finding a way to facilitate. She got dropped nine assists. You know, I, I think that there's, uh, they're, they're missing Kea Nurse, you know. Yeah. And I, I they're, they they're have. learning to play with Tina Charles. I mean, they started Christina Nigue at power forward. You know, like they, they've got some, they've got some adjusting to do.
2: I know the word excuse is kind of like a charge term, but they have like some valid excuses for not being in this game. But it's really the only game of those kind of forgotten teams that we just mentioned where it was never really in doubt. I mean, they ended the right. first quarter they were down by 14, it was 31 to 17 and it didn't get any better by half and it didn't get any better by the third or fourth quarter. Like it was just right. uh, it was Vegas all the way. So f- Phoenix with Sandy Brondello over the years kind of proved that they were above doubting early in the season, but now that Brondello's in New York and we've got a new coach in Phoenix and per- Griner isn't there for obvious reasons that we've talked about on past episodes. Kind of feels like maybe they're in more danger than we're giving them credit for.
1: Because a lot of yeah, their reasons I think, for excuses in the past don't necessarily apply right now. Of those four teams we mentioned, they're the one that I would be most concerned about. Yeah. But I still I, I, I still think I I still think that we're gonna see a a solid Phoenix Mercury team emerge out of this. I think that um I think they're also dealing with a lot. You know, to come yeah, out just opening ones. night, opening night, all the focus on Brittany Griner right now. There's a lot of emotion going on in this franchise. Once things settle a little bit and hopefully we can see Griner return sooner than later and it can bring some ease, some peace of mind to this franchise. Um, even if Griner doesn't even return to play, just having her back stateside. Could yeah. honestly do do Maybe. wonders, and so yeah. so a first game like this, I, I'm just going to chalk that up to either a first game jitters, b the grinder situation and being a very emotional one, um and deservedly so. And see, they're at, they've added some big names that are getting a lot of minutes, and they're they're trying to figure that out. I, I would agree. I've got more concern about them than the others, but. Still, I think that I still think we're going to see Phoenix settle and, and kind of figure things out. Yeah, I, I
2: maybe it's not fair to connect these dots in this way, but to see a New York Liberty team of relatively unnamed players, there are players that we recognize and like, but they're not Diana sure. Tarazi and Tina Charles and players like that. To yep. see a team like that win a close one over a good Connecticut Sun team, co- like contrasted against... Phoenix, this this team stacked with great players, but with a new head coach, get blasted by Vegas. Yeah, it just it, it, if I was holding a lot of Phoenix stock right now, I'd be like, ooh, like I can't sell because it's not like it's kind of a low point, but I, I'm not buying either. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm a little concerned. I, the other teams I'm not worried about at all. Chicago, Connecticut, Seattle will be fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, one last thing I'll add before we go ahead and wrap up. Um, AD, it's good to see them back on the court. Yeah. Uh, finally after some, some really rough last couple, uh, years, seeing AD back out there. Um, just excited and hopefully, um, able to see them adjust back into the game. Um, I'm glad that New York is giving some opportunities there. Um, and, and showing some patience, uh, considering the entire, you know, a lot of the situation that AD had to go through over the last, uh, little bit. So excited for them and their future with the New York Liberty and everything that we can see there. So just want to give that quick shout out. It felt great and just a little bit of peace being able to see AD come back out onto the court. And that's Asia Durr for those of you who. Uh, may not know Asia Durr now primarily going by ad um, just excited to see uh, see them back out and performing uh, yeah, for New York. So that, 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 that was a, that was another though, one of those warm fuzzies. In addition to the New York win, it was just, ah, oh, good to see them back out there. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really count as an off season acquisition, um,
2: seeing ad come back and then the actual acquisition of Steph Dolson, um, seeing that they were getting minutes in a in a very close game against Connecticut makes me wonder kind of what their role is going to be in other games if they're if they're beating teams kind of handily if they're going to try to get eighty some more reps and get them out there and then yep. um, Dolson obviously kind of a I won't call her a Swiss Army knife but just someone that can fill a lot of gaps for a team that desperately needs um, some depth help I think um, yeah. and if if she can be that for them I think that's really important so. There's a lot to like about the New York Liberty and a lot of the fun teams that we talked about in this episode. This, we pretty much touched on everyone, I think, at some point. Yeah, just about uh, every team that left. we've, we've
1: touched on a little bit. And some of you are going to think, oh, I wish you could talk more about my team. We got a whole season. We'll get there. All right. We wanted to touch a little bit on everybody today and, and get, get it some takes out on every single team and, and the majority of players. And, uh, and that's what we were able to do. So there you have it. <laughs> Let's see a win this week from the Indiana Fever. <laughs> if that's my, Indiana that's and or tradition. Minnesota can get a W, I'll feel I'll feel better about both of those franchises. And uh I feel I still feel fine about Indiana. They could lose their next three and I'd still be just fine. So um Logan, go ahead and uh before we wrap up, let everybody know the best way that they can interact with us and uh and connect with us or uh you know potentially buy a really sweet branded WNBA Nation mug from The mugs from are us. really
2: nice. Like, I know you're, <laughs> you're listening to me say that and you're like, what's so special about a mug? I'm telling you, the mugs are really nice. <laughs> you can go to yeah. WNBANation.com for our written content. We've got a blog up there. We've got a list of all of our latest episodes. We've got links to our Twitch stream where, for the most part, we will be live recording our episodes when we are not recording at like midnight um <laughs> I'm sorry that we haven't been on the Twitch stream lately. Our Twitch fan probably misses us. We will get back into the swing of things here shortly. Um, but we wanted to make sure we got this uh, opening weekend reactions episode out to you all. But again, episodes, blog, Twitch stream, and then our store link will be on there. It's Nation.com, And then right at the top, you can click on the store link and find a bunch of cool new stuff. Jason was sporting the the Warhol tee earlier today. And I was like, yes, that looks
1: so good. That's going to cost me 30 bucks. Like, <laughs> My... I'm, all of my gears arriving over the course of the next few days i got my very first piece of a peach first piece of new merch and that was the mug and it's so nice it's it's i love it the mug is so That's good cool. but yeah i've got a hoodie coming i've got a backpack coming i've got a t-shirt a poster a sticker like i wanted to get a little piece of everything and just test out this merch and be able to see the quality and then I'll, I'll let y'all know. I'll, um, I'll show you yeah, how it works. I'm,
2: I'm also planning on sampling our own store, but I also want to save like 20 to $30 for when the fever get their first win, I'm going to order a hat. That's yeah. that's the deal I'll make with fever I need some
1: fever game. merch. I don't know if I've um, got fever uh, merch yet.
2: Additionally, on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod, uh, we're pretty much always watching the games, which means we're always live tweeting the games, which means you can get all of the latest news, notes, and updates from our Twitter feed. And if you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, please don't hesitate to leave a five-star review and tell us what you like about it. We really appreciate those, and we'll read your review on the air if you're nice to us. So, In fact, we have
1: a five-star review to read. Hit the drop.
2: Five-star reviews.
1: Did you know that it actually took me... Even though I think you and I were recording, maybe uh, maybe it was you and Steve when you gave the audio for that five-star <laughs> review, but uh, I love it every time. <laughs> okay, so we've got a five-star review from CastWS, and they write, Love this W-Pod, gave it a five-star review, uh, and here is the... The the body of the of the message here, the WNBA Nation crew does its homework. Great way to learn a ton about women's hoops, and especially accessible for newcomers to the league, like myself and my brother in 2020. I appreciate how these fellas are kind and conscientious, and willing to pass the mic and learn from the women and non-binary athletes in this league. An essential part of a balanced WNBA media diet. Yes, that's a great review, Logan. Yes. Oranges and oatmeal and W Nation. That's the, that's the breakfast. I love it. Oranges, oatmeal. And now it's white, actually. I'm kind of sad that oatmeal's not the ball color anymore. But I'll live. Logan, any last thoughts before we wrap it up for the night? Uh, I'm excited
2: to see a bunch of teams change their narrative this week so that we have to go back on all of our takes from this episode in a week's time. So make sure you're still listening a week from now. Uh, we will make sure we update how we feel about each of these teams as well as give you kind of a, a down low as we did today on kind of the goings on. We we will have episodes coming out every couple of days throughout the season. Um, but I, I think Monday is sort of the day where the league takes a break from having games and we get to kind of collect ourselves and talk about mm-hmm. who moved up, who moved down. Um, so if that's something that interests you, if you don't have time as it, as it often um, happens to watch every game, we got you. Stick with us throughout the season. We will make sure that you are up to date on all the biggest storylines throughout the year, so that when the playoffs roll around, you are a mastermind in the Buffalo Wild Wings as you watch yes. the New York Liberty take on the Minnesota Lynx in the one-eight matchup. <laughs> um,
1: all right, no, that's I all love I have. it. All right, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in for WNBA Nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones, and we get you next time.
0: I think I'll